Is that better? Oh, I know, you were, you, were, you were looking like you were looking because you couldn't hear me and you were just so anxious to hear every word I was going to say. Yes. But now you can hear me. And Mark in the front saying, of course, John. Yeah. <laughs> hey, good to share together in God's goodness and God's word. We, over the course of a period of time, um, there were different types of, of teaching as God leads us and directs us. Sometimes it will be more sort of unstacking what the Bible says. Sometimes it's a prophetic sort of directional thing uh, or um, catching hold of God's now word. Um, there's a variety of things. Other times it's uh, particularly focused on our development. Yeah, we might call that a kind of pastoral thing. And uh, about three weeks ago, um, I spoke to you about going to the next level of coming alongside this relational thing that God has caused us to be built upon and around. Um, foundational truth. A new commandment that he gives to us to love one another as he's loved us and to live as though we do it, uh, as we mean it, as we actually are living in it, expressing it. And that's what we've been built on. And uh, this week I want to take it a little bit further, but just going into a, a different subject, but it's kind of related, primarily, um, again, to, to help us in our development, so it's a kind of uh, corporate uh, opportunity for sharing the word with a view to actually applying it so that we become constantly more like him. And I'm going to read something, uh, by the way, uh, I'm going to talk about being doers and hearers of the word. Uh, now I'm talking about, was it three weeks ago? Anybody remember what I said three weeks ago? I struggle to remember sometimes what I said three minutes ago, but... <clears throat> okay. There was a little opportunity uh, that I suggested to you in a very gentle, um, sort of non-coercive way. Do you remember what that was? No, my wife remembered. Wow. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a special, yeah. I said, you know, coming alongside, <clears throat> we could choose four people that we don't particularly know. They may be people in the meeting, may not be. And we could just take a step to come alongside, to get closer to, maybe visit them or... Uh, find out something about them. Um, and we could do that in the next four weeks. Now, I know you've already pretty much done it, but I'm just kind of reminding you, because we're talking about being doers, not just hearers of the word, you've got one week left. And if you're in the drag, you better get weaving. Yeah? Yes. Ah, we need one another. So let's look at uh, James chapter 1, 
Shall we just jump in on verse 19? My dear brothers, I wonder if he meant that. Can we assume, because it's in the word of God, he did mean it. So, he says, my dear brothers. And it's not like, dear Mr. So-and-so, because it's the word of God. He's saying, my dear brothers, out of a heart of love, I want to bring something to you. Yeah? Take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For a man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Isn't it good news that everything that God tells us to do under this gospel of grace, if we choose to do it, he empowers us to actually do it. Otherwise it would be impossible. You know, some of these things, they're not naturally, logically possible. You know, you come to the whole business of forgiveness. You can't really do it, but you can choose to do it and discover the supernatural power of God that enables us to actually do what he tells us to do because he provides that power to do it. For a man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Hmm. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. Now he goes, verse 22, don't merely listen. So he's adding to it. Don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. We need to come back on that and have a look at that. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and has a shock. Oh, no, no, it doesn't say that. Uh, And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting, not forgetting what he's heard, but doing it, he's really kind of making that point, isn't he? He's sort of hammering it home, but doing it, um, he will be blessed in what he does. So taking it seriously. There's a great danger that we can, and that is why uh, God gives us this as a, as a kind of exaltation and warning in his word. There's a, there's a danger that we can listen and then just kind of forget. And actually, the, the key point is that it's not just about hearing, it's about doing. It's a strange thing that the the doing sometimes helps to reinforce or seal in the learning and understanding. You remember more about what you actually do. And of course, it's not just about a remembering, it's about actually doing what he says. 
That's what, what is required. Taking it seriously and applying, and week after week, day after day, uh, thankfully we do have an opportunity because we believe in actually living and practicing the word. In my dim and distant past and background, in my former incarnation in a different form of religion, uh, thank God I've been delivered from religion into a relationship with Jesus. Uh, but we had so many meetings. We had seven on a Sunday, from early morning to late at night, and then almost every night of the week. Thankfully, there wasn't any real expectation that we would ever do what we were hearing. And certainly there wouldn't have been time to do it, because you're too busy going to the next thing. We don't do that. But it's still easy for us not to actually take seriously enough to put into action the very thing that we're hearing and agreeing to. And that's, that's not what God wants. And he empowers us to do something else. And it's very significant uh, some of the impact from that. Remember Daniel when he spoke to us last week, he, I think, started off by talking about in Acts 3 when uh, Peter and John were going into the temple and there's this uh, man that needs healing who they would have passed many times before. There, but there came, in response to his normal cry, because he used to sit there to beg, in response to his normal cry, they heard something from God. So there was a sound going on, the sound of a request. There was something they'd seen before, but then they heard something, and of course faith comes by hearing, hearing by God's word. They heard something which basically brought a completely dramatic change. Instead of just passing by or you know, seeing if they could get anything for him, they basically, as Daniel was telling us, were the people that God used to say, okay, stand up and walk. And this mighty miracle took place. Why? Because they got new power? No. Simply because they heard, and they did. They didn't just make an excuse for not doing it. It's really important that we see how vital and how significant the, the word can be. And since that's kind of provided for us, we might as well live in the fullness of God, what God's got for us. Have fun. Hear God and do it. Sometimes get it wrong. You know, God can cope with that. He can cope with the general mess that we make, so I think that he can cope with us getting it wrong. But the excitement of actually being used by God and seeing the power of God simply coming out of hearing and doing. And my encouragement to us is since we can live at that level, a level of adventure, a level of life, a level of hearing God and doing it and seeing what God will do to confirm his word with signs following, why live at a lower level when God provides so much for us. 
So turn to somebody and say, why do you think we don't do it when we hear it? I'm looking for some answers. Okay, what sort of answer did you get? Somebody shout out. I think probably the main reason is that we're limited and we need God's help to reduce that limit. Okay. God's help to reduce the limit. Yeah. And that is his business. He lifts us out of the limitation of being, well, I'm just natural. It's just me. He's little old me. Into a people that live with access, constant access, to the supernatural power of God. No limits. Give me another one. I saw a hand there. I think you should know by now that I need a little bit more volume. No, it's all right. Okay, sometimes, is it really God? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you do with that? What do you do with that? How about this? The risk, it could be God. It could be God. Yeah? How do you spell faith? R-I-S-K. The fact it could be God. Okay. Anybody else? Don't care enough. Yes. Well, that's resolvable as well simply by repenting. Lord, I don't care enough, I need to care more, please help me. See, here's the good thing. Everything he gives us to do, he gives us the power, the ability to do it. Every problem can be overcome because he's already made provision. He made provision so that we can be doers, not just hearers of the word. He's not set in a kind of uh, standard that we can never reach. This is what he's provided for us to enjoy living the life that he's called us to live. Being doers, not just hearers. John chapter 2. Let's have a little look at a story. You'll know this story very well. Mm. This is the story of Jesus at the wedding. I remember they run out of wine which is a great, it's an embarrassment, but it's actually in that culture a serious disgrace. Uh, this, is, this is a thing for high tension. Uh, this, this is, yeah, you don't want to be in this situation. I tell you what, not only you don't want to be in this situation, you don't want to stick your head above the parapet at that time because when tensions are riding high, you kind of keep a low profile, you know? 
because if you stick your head up, you're likely to get it chopped off when tensions are rising high. Now, you, you probably don't know what I mean about that, um, but I know one or two of you understand what I mean because I just saw a little smile of recognition. Yes. Time to keep your head down. Time for these servants to keep their head down. So, you know the story. Uh, Jesus' mother says, they've got no more wine. Jesus said, well, my time has not yet come. His mother seems to plow on because she guessed well, she's onto something. And his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. Don't write a song about it. Don't do a teaching about it. Just do it. Do whatever he tells you. So he could have had a song. Uh, There's no more wine. We need some water to make... I mean, you know. I know you'd like me to continue, but I've got to get on with the rest of it, you see. Do whatever he says. Not sufficient to hear. And of course... Here's the amazing thing. When they did it, they were part of the miraculous provision. When Peter and John did the thing, called forth the man, helped him up, they were part of the miracle provision. Just the way that God calls us to be. A people who hear and hear seriously enough to actually do not as those struggling to achieve some high level but simply those who are empowered by God to be able to live in that way there's a danger if we listen and don't do because we're actually responsible for the knowledge that we have we can't plead ignorance once we know once we see once we hear God speak to us about caring or coming alongside or reaching or serving and we don't do it, we're responsible because we have a knowledge and we therefore have the revelation. We make the choice. Very, very key. Now, some people say, um, well, I'm not sure that I, I'm, I can hear God. Slightly different to what we heard just now about, I'm not sure if it was God. I don't know if I, really, if I really hear God. Would you like an absolute cast iron, guaranteed way of knowing that you can hear God? Yeah? Would you like that? Give us a fiver and I'll tell you. <laughs> Just ask him this. Lord, is there anything in me that you would like to adjust? I'll give you a written guarantee you will hear an answer to that. Yeah? Yeah? Why am I looking at a lot of people saying, hmm, I don't think I'd care to do that. But listen, if there is a query about ability to hear God, you just have to frame the right question. Lord, what would you like to adjust in me? What would you like to add to me? 
In Romans chapter 2, verse 13, it reinforces this thing rather more. It says, it's not hearers, but doers that are declared righteous. Hearing, you know, sitting here in a meeting like this or in any place, hearing does not add to righteousness. Oh, I feel so righteous because I heard the word. I feel so much better now. No, it's only as we take it in to the point of actually being doers of it according to what the word of God says. And then again, let me refer you down to verse uh, 22 of what we, what we read. Do not merely listen. Do not merely listen. Uh, it's funny, isn't it? it? It says be quick to listen, but then it reinforces, don't merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. So what, what should we be listening to? Well, there's lots of things to listen to. There's great uh, podcasts and uh, things that God will say to us out of the normal course of life, things that God will speak to us as we read his word, which is a very, very particular and significant way. You know, you're reading something. Yeah, many of you would know what I'm talking about. You read something and then it's like something suddenly stands out to you. And it kind of goes beyond just the normal process of reading and understanding. And it kind of, it almost sort of grabs you. So, yeah, that, that's, that, that's a good way. But I tell you, it's also very important. I mean, there's the, the word of God that's, a, that's broadcast and that's good. But when God calls us together as a people and he says something to us corporately that's a particularly important word to take because if we're part of it we need to be making sure that we're becoming doers of it not just hearers of it if we're part of what I might call the now word the emphasis that God is giving because come back again every time he gives an emphasis he makes available the power to actually engage in that. So, not enough to listen. Of course, we're listening to lots of things all the time. Uh, what we listen to, who we listen to, and are we listening to do is a big, big issue. Because it gets a little bit serious here. If you don't, if you just listen, you deceive yourself. That's serious. Deception's a serious thing. It's, a, it's, a, it's an awful thing. When you actually... continue believing that maybe you're right in something or maybe this is the course of action to take and actually you're heading for a calamity you're heading it's like you're walking and there's a there's a big hole in front of you 
and you, you haven't seen it because you think you're walking on solid ground. It's, uh, we don't want, I mean, is there anything worse? There's deception, and I mean, that's, that's a horrible thing. And we're living in a world that specializes in deception. But self-deception, when you're, you're actually believing something which is not so, you, you've somehow managed to deceive yourself. And if we listen but don't do, the warning is we end up in a form of self-deception. That's not a place I want anybody to end up in. That's not a good place. The remedy is to make sure that we do the very thing that we hear. Obviously, if we listen and we don't do, we miss out on obedience and therefore we miss out on submitting to God's rule, to the Lordship of Jesus. You see, deception can lead us, let's just think, wrong direction, a wrong position in something. Well, I thought I was right. Yes, you did. But you're in deception. A wrong attitude. I don't see why I should help. Well, you just said it. It's a lack of seeing not a reason not to. Don't see why. Can lead us to wrong relationship. How many people have suffered because of a deception that's led them to a wrong relationship? Or perhaps let's bring it even closer. See, self-deception, and the enemy loves us to be in this, and bring us to a wrong view of ourselves. You know, we've been hearing this morning about God and anchor, about being still and know that he is God. And if we have a wrong view of ourselves, we miss out on that because we're looking at all the pressures that are upon us rather than the God who's promised never to leave us or forsake us. It's a great pain in deception. We've talked quite a bit about this, but the more I look at it, particularly at the present time, the, the more troubled I become about the, the way our media, television, newspapers, and that, uh, do no longer operate as a, a reporting of news, but have an agenda. And the agenda is to have their will imposed upon us and cause us to be deceived into thinking that because they say it, it must be so. Oh, guys, we've got we to recognise that God equips us for such a time as this. He equips us not to be deceived as we take seriously what we hear and do it and the principles and things that God gives to us will cause us to be a people that are not deceived by that and the, the, 
the strength of deception in the media and the, and the political world is, is, is disturbing. So when I take over, I'm going to take over all the news media as well. Right? I haven't received the call yet, but it could come at any moment. I love, in Acts chapter 17, verse 11, it talks about the, the, the people from Berea, the Bereans. And, and they, were, they were pretty sharp because they wanted to check what they were hearing with the, with the Scripture, with the Word of God. Does this bear out what God is saying in His Word? Very, very key. An antidote to self-deception. Then it goes on about looking in the mirror. Um, it's like someone who looks and then forgets what they look like. Don't want to just hear... Um, don't want to just hear about what's wrong. Do you ever think that the only thing really we can hear from God is what's wrong? I know it's a good question to say, Lord, is there anything you want to adjust in me? But that's not the limitation of what God says. God's got a lot of things to say to us, including some exciting things that we could be involved in as we receive what he's saying. See, his word, see, we've got to understand, if God speaks us to adjust something, he always gives us the way to do it. That's called conviction. When the enemy speaks to us, it's always about condemnation. You're bad, you can't do it, there's no way out. It's like a, it's just a painting a picture. And we do good not to listen to that. We do good to listen to what God says. And you can tell the difference because if it's conviction, it always comes with a route through, a resolution. Condemnation is just drilling us down into the pit. So his word can be about actions, directions, can be correction, can be encouragement, can be comfort, and it can and does also lead to faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. God calls us to be a people who walk by faith. People who hear God and do it, and therefore... He says, there you go. They're hearing it and doing it. And I'm empowering them and the circle of my purpose is completed. The mirror, otherwise, just hearing and not doing is like... He describes it as a mirror. You can look in the mirror and then forget. I've got a mark come on my face. I don't know which, somewhere. I mean, you might say he's got many marks, but this is a particular one. So I did what I always do. I said, Ken, what do you think about that? He said, mm, I think that one ought to be checked. So I went to the doctors. I'd seen it in the mirror. Do you know what I did? I forgot. I went there, and I talked about the blood test results, and I forgot. And I thought, hmm, you can look in the mirror, and you can see, and you can forget. It's the same way if we hear and don't do. Yeah? just miss out on it altogether. 
I know you're sitting there, I can see it in your face, Lynn, thinking he doesn't need to worry, you've got a beautiful face. Yeah. See, we know we're doing it, we know we are applying the word, if we're measuring ourselves against what we heard. So let's come back and say, well, the word of the Lord was to, make, to move to the next level of coming alongside, of being aware, of caring, of seeking what we can actually do. Now, we measure, if that's the word, we measure it by our doing. So the doing becomes a measurement of our hearing of the word. Very, very useful. I measure myself against it by saying, what action am I taking? Search me, O God. There were very interesting, uh, some great testimonies last week. But I was thinking about uh, Lucy Brewer and the testimony she brought about the situation at Scorn, this rather difficult character. And how, when she heard God about what her attitude should be towards this character, it completely turned the situation round. One word, followed by an action, brings transformation. And I thought, yes, that is what God does, time and time again. So how do we hear? All right, well, we read, we've already said, uh, we can talk. We talk about what God's saying. We talk about. We just, when uh, uh, Mark was just saying about uh, thinking back for the past week, uh, something good, we got to talking about the prayer meeting and the things that we heard and the wow factor. And you know what? When you do that, it kind of, oh, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're rehearsing that. We've heard it. We know what he can do. We're engaging in the recognition of who God is and what he's doing amongst us. Yes, you can discuss. I think, personally, I learned more about the word of God and the ways of God in discussion than in all those multi-meetings that I ever went to. Um, there's something about when we talk through and there's a measure of application. Sometimes there's a measure of disagreement and we, we work, work through that discussing what does the word of God mean, how is it applied. It's very, very valuable. And being a dream, remember uh, Paul had a dream. He was trying to take the gospel here and go there and he's frustrated everywhere. The door was shut. And then he has a dream and he has this dream about a man from Macedonia saying, come over and help. That, that's just a dream. But because he did it, the gospel was extended into a new part of the whole known world. Yeah. Remember Fatima's testimony. She couldn't, given her uh, Islamic background, she couldn't couldn't grasp the concept of uh, understanding about Jesus. One night in a dream, God speaks to her. See, God can speak in so many different ways. Can be a little thought, can be a nudge. I was, many years ago, bemoaning my situation. Oh, woe is me. And where is God? I mean, I'm a simple soul. So God can speak to me in simple ways. 
And I was, I forget where I was, in the countryside somewhere. And then all of a sudden, an old song came to me. God is smiling through the cloud to you. And just as that song came, do you know what happened? The sun came out from behind the clouds. I said, oh, well, to me, it was God speaking. To me, it was God taking me from one place to another place. I'm saying God can speak to us in all sorts of different ways. Very, very good. Shall I tell you another one? I've not checked this one first. This has not been, this has not gone through the, um, what do you call it, censor. Long time ago, right, I'm in a meeting. I'm like standing at the front and it's towards the end of the meeting. And it wasn't a lot of people like this. It was maybe about 30 or 40 round in a circle. And a man walks into the meeting place. I mean, this is like at the end. And I thought, this is strange. I wonder, something made me wonder about him. So I'm, we're just in prayer. But I'm, I'm looking. I said, Lord, what, what, what is this? Right then... I got a pain in my backside. Do you know the expression of pain in your backside? I knew immediately, yeah, I told you I hadn't been censored. I knew immediately that this was someone to cause trouble. This wasn't someone looking. This was someone who just come as a nuisance. You know the expression of pain in your backside? You don't? Oh. There is an expression that says, a nuisance is like a pain in your backside. If you want sophistication, don't come here, all right? <laughs> but here's the point. God can speak any way. And in that situation, instead of having a disturbance, we were able to get a couple of the guys just to speak to him and deal with him accordingly. I just want to make the point that there is no limitation to the way that God can speak. Here's another one. When I was away at that uh, Terry King's conference, I was thinking, that, I think it was one morning when I had a clear morning, uh, and I was looking at, at these things which I'm sharing with you today. And call it coincidence if you want, but I believe God is in control. At the point where I was looking at the importance of listening to doing, I get an email. And it just came through. At the very point that I was looking into what it meant to really, really listen. The email was from Jeremy. And Jeremy said, I was just uh, listening to what I'd been sharing um, and uh, hope you're having a good conference and so on and so forth. And then he begins to say, uh, hearing that the word used to describe the Holy Spirit in John's Gospel actually made of two words. And it, it's from close beside and to make a judgment call. At the very point, I am here sitting in the hotel room at a desk looking at this stuff. The computer email comes through and it enlarges the very thing I'm looking at at that time. Do you know what that did? More than anything else, I said, yes, Lord, I take this as being what you 
absolutely clearly want to bring to the people the importance of listening. This listening intently uh, with the recognition that the Holy Spirit, if we take it with a view to acting upon it, the Holy Spirit empowers us and enables us to actually do the very thing that he speaks to us about. Doing seals the hearing. Psalm 19, verses 9 to 11, talks about the great reward that we get uh, in terms of listening and doing. Then let's just conclude with a a little story. Because I want us to see that doing is the big issue. There was a man. He was leader of the army. Uh, this, this story is in 2 Kings 5. His name was Naaman. And uh, although he had this high position, he had leprosy, for which there was no real cure. So he goes and, and to the head of, to the king, and said, uh, uh, I've heard that the, you can heal this leprosy. And the king throws a wobbler. What do we think? I, I kill people and raise them from the dead. I mean, he was just, you know, he just, he just was in a, got himself in a little bit of a tizzy. But this servant girl, the servant girl, the slave, the one of no reputation, the one that was in a, a foreign environment, she said, "If only, if only." this man would go. And of course the issue was he goes to the king and the king realises not him. He goes to the, and calls the prophet. He said, no, you need to go and see the prophet Elijah. Of course he goes to the prophet and the prophet doesn't even come out. I mean, talk about dealing with something. So this guy, first of all, he's been to the king and basically got cast aside. Then he goes to the prophet, and the prophet doesn't even come out to speak to him, and sends a message. Uh, he says, go, go and bathe in the river seven times. That dirty, filthy river uh, with all these people. Well, see, there's rivers, better rivers, where I come from. But he's persuaded to do it. And of course, as the story goes, he bathes in the river and he's completely healed. Let's take ourselves back to the servant girl. Risking speaking. Here's God to tell the man something. And again, pops her head above the trench, above the parapet, takes a risk. It could be God takes the risk to actually do what she's hearing, which results in an amazing miracle that here we are, thousands of years later, talking about it. Why? Because she not just heard, but she did. And in her case, the doing was to speak the message, send a word. Not a big deal, but she did all that was asked of her and it resulted 
in the release of the supernatural power of God. Brothers and sisters, God calls us not to be just hearers, but to be very, very careful that we take what we hear seriously to the point of doing it. Yeah? You with me? Good.